Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, well, good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live on this Monday afternoon. It is Monday, May 22nd, and if I sound a little different today, it's not It's not because I'm Jeff Figs with a cold. <laughs> it's uh, It's because uh, I'm filling in for uh, the one and only Pastor Jeff Figs. It's an honor to be able to sit here and to take uh, to, to take his spot for the day. Uh, my name is Pastor Josh Sorensen, one of the assistant pastors here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, right outside of Denver. Uh, and welcome to Calvary Live. Again, I'll give you the number if you have any Bible questions or prayer requests, and we'll talk a little bit about what that looks like. But the number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. And our text line as well, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week for all of your prayer requests. And whether we get to those prayer requests here on Calvary Live uh, they will get forwarded onto a team of people that will pray. So this is worth having just at your fingertips, putting it in your phone, having it saved, and anytime you need prayer for anything. And you can you can ask for prayer multiple times a week. That's okay. Uh, we would love to pray for you. That that number is 720-336-0897 for the text line, 720-336-0897. Uh, again, I'm filling in for Pastor Jeff Figs. He is the pastor at Calvary Chapel Greeley and such a good guy. So thankful for him. Uh, He takes the Calvary Live show on Mondays and Tuesdays. Pastor Ed Taylor, the one and only Pastor Ed, takes it on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And then I'm privileged as the new host for the Friday show. And again, I'll fill in for a couple of the guys when they're away as well. So Fridays is the day I'm here. But just again, so thankful for all of you that are tuning in, listening to Calvary Live. I want to thank you for listening on our home station, Grace FM. Uh, We are partial to that. That's a ministry that has uh, flowed out of our church here, Calvary Church. And the offices are here at the church property. And it's just such a privilege to have um, a radio station. I mean, how cool is that? There's to, to be a church uh, and having a radio ministry is a really incredible thing. And one of the things I love about the, the radio ministry is we get people calling in the church looking for pastoral counsel. Uh, people will pop into the church building. And so often we ask them, how did you find out about Calvary Church? And they'll say, through the radio. Uh, and so if you're listening on Grace FM, uh, if you're here up in the Denver area, you're, you're listening on 89.7 FM. If you're listening down in Colorado Springs, you're most likely listening at 101.7 FM. Uh, And what's amazing is, of course, this show goes beyond Colorado as well. I have some friends at Hope FM on the East Coast. That would be New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland. Know a number of the guys out there that are even involved in Hope FM. So just want to shout out Hope FM if you're listening in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Maryland. There is Truth FM as well, North Carolina and Tennessee. Uh, Welcome to you guys as well. Thanks for carrying Calvary Live, and thanks for those of you that are listening. We also, of course, have Higher Rock Radio, and we're just so thankful to be a part of Higher Rock. And we have a new station that's been added to the Calvary Live list as well. It's Living Water Radio, and that is Corpus Christi, Texas. And I can always tell when someone's calling from Texas because they got that that 
twang in their voice when they call. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, I also love all of you that are listening down south as well. It's always fun to get the, the accents sometimes that, that come in at these phone calls. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the Radio by Grace Network. That is 78 different radio stations uh, all over the place, D- down south, uh, mid-America, Midwest, uh, as far as even over towards uh, New Mexico, Nevada, South Carolina, Tennessee. Just The list goes on and on, Radio by Grace. So again, thank you for those of you that are tuning in Grace FM, Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, Living Water Radio, Radio by Grace. We just welcome you all to Calvary Live. Uh, again, the number 303-690-3000. We've got open lines for you today, 303-690-3000. If you have a Bible question, something perhaps that you have been thinking about, I often will do this. I'll read my Bible, my personal devotions, and if something comes up, sometimes I'll write a question mark next to it or I'll, I'll write it down on a piece of paper. A lot of times I'll go to my, my, my fellow pastors here and engage with those questions there. It's a wonderful thing about being a pastor is you get to work with other pastors, and so you can ask these questions. Um, but it's just a wonderful opportunity to have a radio show like this, where if there's something that you're, you, it's been pressing on your heart, something you're thinking about, something that, uh, whether it's something, again, from your devotions or something you heard on the radio, or maybe something you heard this past Sunday uh, at church, and you just have some some questions on that, we would love to do our best. Again, we're not the experts, uh, but we are pastoral. I've spent 30 years in ministry. I've read the Bible uh, many, many times, so be happy to to pass on anything I can uh, for you. But we'd also love to take your prayer requests, and that's a big part of the show as well. If you have something pressing on your heart that you would like prayer for, uh, give us a call, 303-690-3000. Because as, as we pray, then we've got a whole audience of thousands upon thousands of people listening, uh, which is remarkable to think about that. But they will be listening in, and they'll be praying too. So it's a joy. We've, we've had so many people call in with some pretty uh, heavy, difficult prayer requests, walking through addiction, walking through health uh, issues, marriage issues. Uh, and again, we don't need to go into specific detail on the radio show, but we would absolutely love to pray for you. So again, that number is 303-690-3000. Uh, and we would love to, again, take your Bible questions or your prayer requests. It would be such a privilege for us. Uh, again, you can text those, and I'll be checking the text line throughout the show as well, 720-336-0897. Uh, this show, Calvary Live, comes to you uh, Mountain Standard Time, of course, but it's 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock, so we're here with you guys for an hour, Monday through Friday. So you can tune in at any point Monday through Friday from 4 to 5, and Calvary Live will be available to you, again, for your Bible questions and uh, for your prayer requests. So I'll give out that number one more time, and then I'm going to respond to a question that came in. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. So a friend of mine, Pastor Andy here at the church, and I were talking uh, a little bit this past week. We were away at a pastor's getaway for a few days down in Colorado Springs, and we just started having a conversation about God speaking to us. And uh, and how do you know when God is speaking, and uh, how do you cultivate, cultivate hearing the voice of God? Because I'm sure many of you listening have have found yourself thinking, I wish God talked to us the way that he spoke to people in the Old Testament, <laughs> right? How, how cool would that be? Um, scripture, again, describes God speaking to his people through a voice or through an angel or through a dream, 
Uh, at one point in Daniel chapter five, he even writes on a wall in one account. So uh, how great would that be? You, you ask God a question and he writes on your wall, <laughs> right? It doesn't typically happen, but that, you know, God, it, it just, we, we see from scripture, God does speak and want to speak to his people. Um, so I think as we read scripture, it's natural for us to want to hear God's voice. It's natural for us to want to see a big sign that will help us feel confident in God's direction. Because uh, as we walk through this world, we're all experiencing confusing circumstances. Uh, and I know for me, sometimes I just want God to send me a text message and tell me what to do. <laughs> One of the biggest questions that people often ask, and we find ourselves asking this question throughout our lives, God, what is your will for me? What is your will for me when it comes to a potential job offer? What is your will for me when it is potentially moving from one ministry to another ministry? What's your will for me in terms of who I should marry or what school I should go to? Uh, and, and maybe as you're listening, you feel far from God and you want him to reach out to reassure you that he's still there. And maybe you've heard people say that the God of the Bible is personal, which is so very true. But perhaps you've never interacted with God before, and you kind of wonder how to begin. Well, I'll say this, that the God is the same today that he was in the time of the Old Testament. Uh, same God that we read in the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels, and in the book of Acts, and he still speaks today. And, and we know that he made it possible for each of us to have a personal relationship with him. He did that through Jesus. And so that involves talking with us every single day. And God communicates with us. It's not just us praying and hoping that perhaps our prayers get out there, but it's God speaking to us as well. And sometimes I think just many of us have, have never really learned how to recognize God's voice, or perhaps we've forgotten how at one point we heard God's voice, but we feel per today we're not. So in a world full of noise, full of dis distraction, how does God speak to us? That's the question that came in. And I'm going to answer that, but let me put out the number one more time uh, for those of you that perhaps want to ask a question regarding this topic, or maybe you have something else, Bible question. Again, we would love to pray for you. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We have two lines open here, so we'd be happy to Take your prayer request, anything that's pressing, anything that's on your heart today, any Bible questions. But again, in a world full of noise, distraction, how does God speak to us uh, is the question that came in. So God speaks in different ways. In the Bible, we saw that God spoke to Samuel as a child in the temple. How cool, right? If you're familiar with that passage in 1 Samuel 3. We know he spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. Uh, we know that he spoke to Elijah. He says, not through an earthquake, not through a great wind, but it says that God spoke to Elijah there with a still, small voice. So we, we know this. God can and God does speak with an audible voice, even though that's not often how Christians hear him, especially in Western cultures. Um, there, there's many accounts of people hearing the voice of God and, hear, and, and meeting God through dreams in Muslim countries. So it seems that God is doing something really special there. Uh, but God is the same today as he was back in the accounts that we read in the Old Testament where God spoke. So again, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And another way we know that God speaks to his people is through miraculous events. So he speaks through signs, through dreams, through visions. If you read Acts chapter 2, it tells us there that in the end times, in the last days, he'll be speaking again through visions and through dreams. Uh, God tells us very clearly in the Bible, the more we seek him, the more we're going to experience his presence in our lives. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
It says in the Proverbs, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. That's a promise coming from the Lord. So God never leaves us once we invite him into our lives, but he does respond to our desire for more of him. So how do you demonstrate more desire uh, for more of God? Well, the simple answer is to pursue him somehow every single day. So that means, of course, reading and studying the Bible. That means spending time in prayer. That means talking with other Jesus followers. Uh, that it's not just part of our to-do list each day. God certainly encourages us to do these things. And one of the reasons is because they help us to learn about his character, but it also helps us to learn how to recognize his voice. And so in the Old Testament, we mostly read about God speaking to people from outside of themselves. But in the New Testament, we realize that God himself and the person of the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so there's a, a different way that God also speaks to us. He speaks, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaks to us, speaks through his word, uh, through the, the word of God, the spirit of God speaks into the lives of the people of God. And I know that Jesus would have all of us be confident um, that he, he wants to reveal his will to us, um, that he wants to speak to us, that, uh, again, that the, the person of the Holy Spirit's living inside of us. Uh, and Jesus said this uh, in John chapter 16, uh, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, but when the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. John chapter 16. So the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives changes everything about hearing God's voice. Uh, and so if you've chosen to begin a personal relationship with Jesus, then I promise you that the Holy Spirit now lives within you. So rather than wondering where God is or how to connect with him, you can have today complete confidence that he lives within you and he's always ready to guide you. And God speaks through, through these internal promptings of the Holy Spirit, it says in his word. He'll prompt us to act in obedience. He'll prompt us to turn away from sinful things. Uh, he'll prompt us to reach out to the people around us for support. Um, so a wonderful gift that we have to hear the voice of God. And I'm so very thankful that God is not only a personal God, but that he wants to speak to us as well. Uh, so praise the Lord for that. All right, we're going to get to some of our, our phone calls here. I just wanted to share an answer to that question. All of our lines are busy, but uh, as soon as you hear a call taken and we finish, uh, then feel free to take that next call. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, and of course, our text line, 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live, and we're going to Cheryl, who's listening here in Aurora, Colorado. Good afternoon, Cheryl. Hi. How are you doing today? I am blessed and full of God's Spirit. Amen. I, I'm a born-again, Spirit-filled Christian, and uh, I uh, uh, just take God's glory and grace um, and, and wrap my arms around it because uh, He is a gracious and, and uh, faithful Savior. Yes, He is. But I have a predicament. Uh, my brother and I were both raised Christians, and um, my brother has turned away from the faith 
and has, um, you know, I, I'm confused about his beliefs as far as our Lord is concerned, because sometimes he, uh, he acknowledges Jesus, but he doesn't acknowledge him as a divinity. Mm. And uh, Jesus to him was just another prophet because he's uh, gotten, he's adapted to this Muslim um, way of thinking. So now, um, and I have been ministering to him for years, and um, he has gone out there in the in the streets, and I am just praying that the stronghold that the enemy has on his life will be broken in the name of Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. For that, uh, I'd love to pray for him right now, um, and I absolutely agree with you that that stronghold would be broken. It is hard when we see whether it's our children, our brothers, our spouses. Uh, I used to be a youth pastor, so I saw many kids walk away from the Lord. They profess a faith, you see God working in their lives, and they walk away. And of course, the question we're left with is how, how do we know if they're still walking with the Lord? I mean, were they even saved in the first place? And over the years, I've just been confident in the goodness of God as I've seen God over the years bringing back prodigals to himself, uh, bringing back those that have backslidden. Uh, sometimes those people have to go walk through the, the hard, difficult road uh, to hit the bottom where the only place they have is to look up. Um, but that's what the psalmist said in Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the heavens. That's where my help comes from. And sometimes when we're at the very bottom is when we, we, we are most desperate for help. And, and he is the helper. So Cheryl, I'd love to be able to just pray for your brother. Again, um, we can trust the Lord with the hearts of, of those people in our lives that once professed faith but have walked away. Uh, the Lord wants them saved <laughs> and wants them in a relationship more than we do. And so I, we that doesn't mean we don't cease to pray, continue to pray, continue to press in. As you get opportunities to talk to him, praise the Lord for that. But again, let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and do a work uh, in your brother's life. And I know that that's your heart and, and just the, the strongholds that he's given himself over to, the, the drugs, um, of, of now the homelessness as well. We just want to pray that, that God would bring him back to himself. Um, and so, Lord Jesus, you have heard Cheryl's heart request. She is, as she mentioned, Lord, a spirit-filled believer that loves you, that trusts you, uh, that has put her faith and her trust in uh, her own for her own salvation. Um, and Lord, she has watched her brother, who uh, was raised as a believer, walking away, and that's painful to see. And it's even more painful than when they begin to go down a destructive path, a path of uh, difficulty drugs, homelessness. And so, Lord, you know who this, this man is. You know where he is at this very moment. And so as I'm praying and as Cheryl is agreeing with me and as all of those that are listening into Calvary Live right now, we pray that you would minister, uh, bring somebody across his path or do what we just talked about. Holy Spirit, would you speak to him in this moment, wherever he is, Lord, through a circumstance, through another believer, through a divine appointment, but would you draw him back to yourself? God, it would be so wonderful to get a call from Cheryl in a couple days saying, my brother is back. My brother came uh, back to Jesus, and we can rejoice together knowing that our prayers are effective and our prayers are powerful. And, and if he doesn't, Lord, we trust you because you, you do ask us to continue to to pray persistently, not to give up in praying, 
to continue to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Uh, and it's not because we're convincing you to do something that you don't want to do. It's because you're doing a work in us as, as, as there's more surrender. And we're asking you to, to even stir up more faith in us that you will bring the prodigals home, uh, that you will bring our, our loved ones back to you. And so we certainly want to pray that for Cheryl, uh, for her brother today. Thank you so much for her. And we pray these things today in the good name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl, for calling. We're just going to believe with faith that God is going to do a work in your brother, whether it's in a couple days, a couple hours, a couple months, a couple years. I I can't wait. Uh, Make sure you give us a call back. If anything happens, we'd love to hear how God's working in your brother's life. God's work is already done. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for calling, Cheryl. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. God bless you. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Josh. Great privilege to be with you on this Monday, May 22nd here. We've got one line open, 303-690-3000. If you have a prayer request like Cheryl had for her brother, uh, or or if you have a Bible question, which I see that there's one or two coming up here, uh, again, 303-690-3000. You can grab the one line that's currently open, uh, or you can text us your prayer request or your question as well, 720 Three three six zero eight nine seven, and I would like to go to. Uh, I think it's Jeremiah. Is that right in Denver? Jeremiah, we may have lost Jeremiah. Jeremiah, if you're listening, uh, give us a call back. We're going to try this one more time. Is, is Jeremiah there? Okay. Yep. We just lost him. Jeremiah, if you're listening, give us a call back because we would love to be able to, uh, I I can see what you are asking prayer for. So uh, if you'd like to give us a call back, if not, we'll we'll make sure to pray for you before the uh, end of the show here. Um, All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. Maria uh, from Montana had a question uh, and her question was, what is the wisdom or biblical evidence of uh, regarding holy yoga? And that's a great question. Holy yoga, if if you're not familiar with holy yoga, again, I'm not very familiar with it myself, but I do know it's a movement that seeks to combine yoga with Christian practices. Um, So attempting to adapt spiritual content to yoga. Um, If any of you guys that are familiar with yoga know that it's been practiced for decades in in different denominational churches, Episcopal, some mainline Protestant churches, uh, and in more recent years, it's been called holy yoga. So it's made some inroads into evangelical churches. And so, again, yoga uh, is one of those things that's controversial. I, I can't say I've landed specifically on a yay or nay when it comes to yoga, because yoga itself uh, is simply a way of working out and stretching and breathing. Uh, and so, of course, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with stretching. There's nothing wrong with learning how to breathe as you're working out. And so some people will, will that for, for them, that's the extent of yoga. We do know, as many things, that there is, in, in the Eastern world, there is a spiritual connection uh, to yoga, particularly in regards to the worship of Hindu gods. Uh, so again, as I just mentioned, in the West, yoga is usually physical exercise, a way of, of managing stress. So I, you know, in that sense, I, I would say, hey, nothing wrong with that, right? We could all do with more exercise and less stress. Uh, But the goal of yoga in Hinduism uh, is to acquire deep knowledge of self, uh, to unite the self with with this impersonal, all-pervading Brahmin. uh, And and there's a lot more that goes into that. Um, So I will say this, the origins of yoga are undoubtedly pagan. 
And so that may be enough for those of you that are listening to say, I want nothing to do with that. And, and I think that's that's good. Uh, this may be one of those issues that Paul talks about in Corinthians, where he says there, there's some issues where if it's, if it's sin for you because you're sinning against your conscience, uh, don't do it. For others, they may have the freedom to do it. Because for those that are doing yoga, I know some people, uh, uh, friends of mine that, that enjoy yoga, they're, they're not even thinking about it in terms of a spiritual, mystical um, uh, practice. They're simply, again, just trying to manage stress and working out. Um, but some, but a believer may be listening right now and saying, yeah, but the fact that it's in other countries, it's used for mystical practices, the fact that it has uh, these origins, I don't want anything to do with that. So I would say if it is a conviction uh, to you, if it's pricking your conscience in any way, don't do it. You don't need yoga. There's many of other things you could, you could do in your life to manage stress. There's lots of other ways you can work out and exercise. Um, and, if, and if you just feel a burden that, man, yoga has all these, these backgrounds, I just don't want anything to do with that, then I would say I think that's the Holy Spirit of God um, encouraging you not to be involved in that. Um, and, and in terms of believers, um, again, if that's something you do and you feel the freedom to do it, God bless you. Uh, now, when it comes to this idea of holy yoga, which is kind of a mixture of the two, I just think churches need to be careful because this can be an area that can stumble somebody. Uh, if there's somebody that comes to the church that has a Hindu background and they see that the church has a a, a practice of having a holy yoga on Tuesday mornings, right? That may be something that may offend them. That may be something that um, it confuses them and they don't understand because to them, they're associating yoga with what it's traditionally meant in terms of the pagan practices. So uh, again, we don't do it here. I don't know if we would do it here. I don't think we would do it here. Um, but when it comes to the roots uh, of, of yoga, they add dangerous practices to it. So I think as churches and believers, we just, we want to be thoughtful. That's, that's, that's all. We want to be thoughtful. I can't tell you what to do or not to do, but we want to be thoughtful. Um, and like anything else, um, you know, pray, seek the Lord, ask the Lord. Um, Paul says, whatever I do, whether I eat or drink, and perhaps you could say, whether I do yoga or don't do yoga, I want to do it all to the glory of God. And that would be my answer for you. So again, I'm not super familiar with holy yoga other than what I, what I just expressed. But I think the bigger issue is what is your conscience saying? And God uses your conscience and the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And there's this, there, again, it's interesting that we started out with that question about the Holy Spirit speaking to us, because I do think he will speak in regards to these things. Alcohol is another issue, right? Is alcohol okay to, or is it okay to smoke cigarettes? Is it okay to watch movies? Is it okay to dance? You know, there's a bunch of things that may be okay for some people that may not be okay for others. And so um, there, you know, Paul says, uh, I am free to eat meat that was sacrificed to idols in the temple. Paul says, I have no problem doing that. It's not a sin. But if there is somebody else that is offended by that, he goes, I will, out of love for that person, I will choose not to eat the meat that was in the temple sacrificed to all these idols. I will do that and sacrifice my personal liberty on behalf of, of this other person that is stumbled and, and, and doesn't understand why I'm doing this. So I think that's great. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God and do it in love for your fellow Christian. All right, uh, we're going to go to David here in Georgia. David, we only have a couple minutes before our break, so if we don't finish with you before the break, we'll make sure to get to you afterwards. But welcome to Calvary Life. Thank you. You're welcome. How can we help you today? I wanted to pray for my marriage. Your marriage, absolutely. Anything in particular that we can be praying for? Then uh, we stay together and get through this rough patch and become stronger 
through it. And how long have you been in this rough patch? It's been a while. It's been up and down. We've been married 33 years. Okay. 33 years. And so do you feel that your marriage is at a point now where it's there's more struggle and more difficulty than it was uh, has previously been, even with the ups and downs? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Lord, I just want to lift up David to you. Uh, I thank you, God, that he called. I thank you, Lord, that you use a show like this um, to allow David uh, to be able to just call and say, Lord, my marriage has been struggling. It's in a difficult place. Lord, I pray that you give him wisdom. I pray that you give him everything from your word and from the Holy Spirit that he needs to be the husband that you've called him to be. I pray the same thing for his wife. Lord, we believe that you are a wonder-working God, and you work and heal and fix marriages. So we're asking you to do that today on behalf of David and his wife. You know what it is they need, and so we're praying that in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, welcome to the second half of Calvary Live. This is uh, Josh Sorensen, one of the assistant pastors here at Calvary Church, and your host today filling in for Pastor Jeff Higgs, uh, Figs, I should say. We also have our producer, Dennis, who is a world-class producer. Uh, he is also the one that's answering your phones today. So if you give us a call, you get the privilege, if anything, the privilege of talking to Dennis. I don't know if talking to me is that great of a privilege, but talking to Dennis 100% is a privilege. So uh, if you'd like to talk to Dennis, he'll be the one answering your calls. Again, we're taking your Bible questions, uh, and we have all three lines open at this point, so uh, they are available to you, 303-690-3000. And again, uh, if that's something that you, regarding a Bible question, something on your heart or or a prayer request, we've been able to uh, get a number of both of those today, 303-690-3000. And then, of course, our text line, and I'm going to go through a couple of the texts here, 720-336-0897. I've been reading through all of the texts, uh, and I appreciate uh, one of you gave a great uh, example. We talked at the beginning of the show here as we were waiting for some calls to come in about how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, uh, and somebody texted in and reminded us of Hebrews chapter 1. So let me read to you what it says in Hebrews 1. Uh, Starting at verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, so that's what you would read in the Old Testament. Verse 2, he has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. So again, another way of thinking about how God speaks to us through his son, as it says there in Hebrews chapter one. So thank you for for giving us a call uh, and letting us uh, think through that with you. Also, we have a question that came in through the text. Was Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 already saved before Peter came to him? And what I love about this question is I think it may be coming from somebody that attends our church here. So if it is, uh, hello, and so glad you're a part of our church family here at Calvary Church. Uh, Great question. I actually, when, when Pastor Ed was teaching through Acts 10 this week, went and asked the same question myself. And, and I'll tell you why, because it says uh, in Acts chapter 10, verse 2, that Cornelius, who was a, uh, a, a Roman centurion, 
He was part of the Italian regiment, this cohort. What says in verse two that he was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. And then he gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So it, it appears from that verse that he had some kind of a relationship with with God. Um, but but whether or not he was born again uh, isn't clear. I actually looked at a couple of different commentaries. Some said that, no, he had a very real relationship with God. Um, but I would say that it looks like Cornelius got saved in Acts chapter 10. Um, and uh, see, it says there in verse, uh, where am I? Verse 44, that, that Peter speaking there, um, pre- preaching to Cornelius, preaching to the household, uh, the Holy Spirit fell upon him that, w- that was hearing Peter preach the gospel. Uh, and those who were of the circumcision, those that were Jewish people, they were astonished because now Gentiles were coming to know the Lord as well. Um, and, and let me just read to you what it says here regarding Cornelius. Peter was coming in. Cornelius met him, fell down, tried to worship him. Peter lifts him up and says, stand up. I myself am also a man. And he talked with them and he went in and found um, many who had come together. Uh, and as he has this conversation with him, it says in verse 29, Acts 10, 29, uh, therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent to you, Peter says. I ask then, what is the reason that you have sent me? And Cornelius says, uh, you know, I, I had this vision from this man in bright clothing, uh, he has been speaking to me. He told me to to ask for you. Uh, he said, "Send to Joppa and call Simon here." And that's what I did. I sent to you uh, for you immediately. Then it says that Peter opens up his mouth and he begins to preach. And it doesn't specifically say again there that Cornelius came to the Lord, but it talks about the household who came and they were astonished because uh, they believed in the Holy Spirit and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So um, again, was Cornelius saved? I don't know. He had some kind of relationship we know from from Acts 10 too. Uh, so he very well could have, or he could have just been um, a, a religious man, but was born again later in Acts chapter 10. Uh, I will say this, he wasn't a Jewish man. So the fact that in Acts 10 too, it says there that he was giving alms. Uh, he already had a generous heart there. It also says there that he was a devout man who feared God. This wasn't a Jewish man. This was a Gentile man. Uh, could tell us that perhaps he was saved. So Great question. Really appreciate you uh, asking about that because uh, it, it tells me you're thinking about how, how God is speaking through his word here at church. Such a blessing. Uh, again, you're listening to Calvary Live. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And our text line is also open and available to you. 720-336-0897. Again, if you have any Bible questions, uh, feel free to give us a call. Any prayer requests, uh, please give us a call. We'd love to pray for you. 303-690-3000. We have Court from Baltimore, Maryland calling in today. Hi, Court. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling. Yes, sir. All right. Me, uh, one second. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, put my seatbelt on. Uh, no, no problem. <laughs> Funny, the other day someone um, was calling and got pulled over by the cops while they were calling. So it's uh, w- take your time to put your seatbelt on. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So um, my question was uh, about um, it's more like a, I was trying to figure out the personality of God or what was going on with Babel when he came down. And I'm paraphrasing. Um, it's when he came down and he said, uh, you know, 
you basically you you guys are all on one accord and this is what you do? Like, was it an angry tone or was it a tone of like disappointment because you know they were, um, you know they are they were at one accord. They can all speak the same language. You know, was he disappointed that they could have done something better, or you know, was he you know, was it was it all about you know I'm upset that you're trying to you know, build a tower because you think that you can get on my level. Yeah, that that's a great question. Uh, so as uh, as Court is asking, he's speaking about the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis chapter 11. Um, and of course, for those of you that are listening that may not know the story, uh, a group of people got together there uh, because they only had one language and one speech at that time. Uh, and so people were journeying as far as the east, and they come together, and they said, let's, let's make ourselves a city and a tower who will a tower that will reach up into the heavens. Um, and so their desire, of course, was to try to um, identify themselves as something as great as God. That was the heartbeat behind it. And then it says in Genesis 11, the Lord came down, he saw what they had built, and the Lord says, indeed, the people are one, and they have one language, and this is what they do. Um, now, and now nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. So come, let us go down. This is God speaking in the, in the person of the Trinity there. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And then it says the Lord does that and he scatters them abroad over the face of the earth. So I don't get the idea necessarily there that the Lord is angry. I think what's happening here um, and again, it doesn't tell us specifically the emotion of the Lord, but when it says there that the Lord scattered them, it was a forced separation of men from this place called Babel. And I think that was more of God's mercy uh, than it was his judgment, because God was now dividing mankind linguistically uh, with different languages. He was dividing them geographically. But he was doing that because he was putting a check on the power uh, of their fallen nature. So it, it was in a way as as God always does. I mean, we know that from other texts, God is always good. We know that God is a God of mercy and love. That's who he is. God is love. And so that helps us a little bit to be able to interpret uh, situations like this where the Lord will do these things. If we only read this passage by itself and we didn't know anything else about the Lord, it would sound like, oh, wow, it sounds like whoever this God character is, he's really angry and he separated these people. But I think God understood, you know, nothing is going to get you to um, a place that you think you want to go. You're, you're never going to become God. You're never going to be like God. You're never going to be able to reach up into the heavens. And so he actually mercifully decides to scatter abroad these people um, that now have different languages. It says that they were all talking and they were confused and they couldn't understand what other people were saying. And it's an interesting scenario because that means at some point they had to walk around and then start finding people that spoke the language that they understood. Then those people went, they moved to different geographical locations and they be formed the, eventually what, what became the nations. Um, but I think, you know, if anything, God was being merciful because he could have easily just wiped them out right there. He could have easily uh, done a number of things. The ground could have swallowed them up, um, but he did something instead that was part of a bigger plan, which was that he separated them geographically. And what's wonderful is Following that all the way through to the book of Revelation, it says one day 
around the throne of God, there's going to be every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every ethnicity, every color, and this beautiful picture, all of us around the throne, worshiping the one that's on the throne. Uh, and no one's going to be greater. No one's going to be worse. There's going to be no prejudice or no racism. And so that's the beautiful picture, I think, of what God ultimately wanted to intend. Uh, but he did that as an act, I think, more of mercy than he did out of anger in, in Genesis 11 there. Yeah, I do too. I do. Thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question, it's, and it's a it's just such a fascinating picture of what's happening too. I, I always think about that. So here's all these people talking. All of a sudden, they're all speaking in different languages, and you're walking mm-hmm. around trying to find someone that sounds like, "Hey, I can understand what that that woman over there is saying," right? So, sure. and then they they end up coming together, and that's how that, that's how the nations were were initially formed. So it's a it's an interesting picture. It really is. It really is. And um, I think I have one more question. Sure. I I can fit it in. Sure, absolutely. Um, So this one is about marriage. Yeah. And I was, you know, uh, it's probably like a little tricky one, but what I'm thinking is, so like, we know that, um, we know that like, uh, Abraham, you know, certain people had husband and wives that like, but, is there any examples in the Bible where there are like ceremonies or like I don't know the way how we do things now? I feel like I don't know is lost. Yeah. So you're you're talking specifically? Are there any marriage ceremonies that that are um, given to us in Scripture as an example, perhaps? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, and I would say, you know, the way that we do marriage ceremonies today is obviously very symbolic. It's a picture of the two becoming one, which is a biblical picture, of course. Uh, it's a picture of the woman with a white robe coming in purity, uh, and she's coming and giving herself to her husband, and the father gives her away. But none of that's necessarily biblical. It, it's it's certainly biblical ideas and biblical principles. Um, but we, we don't necessarily see in Scripture— um, necessarily, we don't necessarily see an example of marriage, but we do see, and let me see if I can find this here, um, in, I want to say it's the book of John, um, where we see there, uh, just, uh, see if I can find that here. Uh, we, so of course there's, there's many pictures of marriage that we have in the Bible, but we do see, um, we do see, and I can't find it, so maybe someone wants to text me or let me know in the book of John, but we do see this this picture of betrothal, and we do see a picture that from betrothal, they're, they're, that's kind of the first step, and then there's almost this engagement-type ceremony, and then there's marriage that comes. So we do have a picture of, of in the Jewish culture, what it looked like to become— uh, married and it was a bigger much bigger process than what we do today we have a ceremony before um, family members and friends and and we do it before the Lord uh, and it becomes official and it becomes legal um, but it was a much bigger process in in the Jewish culture where you would be betrothed to somebody uh, so that's why it says that most Mary and Joseph they were betrothed together and that was usually a period of at least a year um, and then in that process, it would be kind of similar to perhaps what an engagement would be like, but then the, their, their wedding ceremony, and again, we don't see this necessarily in Scripture, but as you study the, the history around it, Josephus, the, the Jewish historian, gives us a better idea of what's taking place during the betrothal period and the wedding ceremony. And the wedding ceremony sometimes would last for a week, um, so it was it, it looked a lot different than what it did today. Uh, and then the the the, the 
the husband and wife would go off into the bride chambers, and that's where they would consummate their marriage and have their first night together, uh, and then they would come back. And so there, there's a lot there historically that you can find when it comes to the marriage ceremony, um, but nothing where Scripture specifically speaks to us regarding you know, an example of a marriage ceremony for us to follow. So today, again, those ceremonies are, are simply just a, a beautiful picture of some biblical principles that we get. So, Court, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate you. Appreciate your questions. Uh, calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I, uh, my parents actually live right outside of Baltimore, so I'm very familiar with Baltimore and love the the state of Maryland. I'm from Philadelphia, so that's that's my home, uh, but certainly do appreciate you giving us a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. You're listening to Calvary Life, 303-690-3000. Looks like we've got two lines open, uh, and so if you have any Bible questions that I can help you with or any prayer requests that I can pray for you uh, regarding, we, we would be more than happy to do that. Uh, again, Dennis is answering here, uh, and so... Uh, going through a couple of texts here, uh, we have some prayer requests coming in. Certainly, we're going to want to get to those. Um, a question that came in on a text here, can you please clarify something I've heard some people say? When the Holy Spirit fell on them, they shook and fell to the ground uh, like if they were lightning. Is that possible? Um, and so th- that's a good question because I think that that's a question, depending on what church tradition you come to, um, some some people would say that the the— the empowering or the filling of the Holy Spirit is manifested in some way. And so that's why you'll see sometimes on television or perhaps you're, you're, you go to a church where people are slain in the Spirit, where they fall down, where they begin to convulse. Um, we don't really see that as a pattern in Scripture, certainly not. What we see in Scripture when it comes to the filling of the Holy Spirit is that when, um, when the early church in the book of Acts asked for an empowering and a filling of the Holy Spirit, it says that they were able to do things like speak the Word of God with boldness. There's this anointing and this empowering for service. We don't see a lot of uh, people falling to the ground, a, a lot of people shaking and convulsing or, or, or whatever else might be attached to that. Um, that doesn't mean, of course, that that doesn't happen. I'm not saying that, but I'm just speaking in terms of biblically what we see as our example to follow. Uh, we do see, as in the in the case of Cornelius, when the Gentiles came to know the Lord, that they were filled with the Spirit. And one of the acts of that is they began to speak in tongues. So uh, sometimes you see people filled with the Spirit, and immediately they speak in tongues. We saw that in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10 as well. See that again in Acts chapter 19. So that's evidence that we do have uh, biblically. But that doesn't mean that everybody that's filled with the Spirit speaks in tongues. Uh, there's many Spirit-filled people that have never spoken in tongues. Um, and we even see that in Scripture. People with, are filled with Spirit, the Spirit. Because really the filling of the Spirit is an empowering. Um, that's why it says in Acts 1.8, Jesus said to the disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you're filled with power from on high. And then in Acts chapter 2, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. In that particular case, the manifestation was that they were they, they spoke in tongues, but then Peter gets up and preaches this powerful message because he himself is filled with the Spirit. And he's able to see thousands of people come to know the Lord. Jesus himself was filled with the Spirit. It says that when he was baptized, he was filled with the Spirit. Uh, He left, he was tempted for 40 days, but then he began his earthly ministry for three years. So coming from the example of Jesus, he was filled with the Spirit and received power. Um, And I think it's in many ways he was our example, uh, just like he was baptized as an example for us, filled with the Spirit. 
lived a life that we can follow and pattern after. And, and he was empowered for that, that public three years of ministry that he had. So to pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful thing. We should be praying for it every single day. We should be asking God for continual fillings, refills of the Holy Spirit, uh, because we can be filled one moment and, and not necessarily filled the next moment. So we, we ask for a continual fresh filling of the Spirit. It says in the book of Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine, but be continually being filled with the Spirit. That, that's what it says literally in the Greek, be continually being filled with the Spirit. Uh, and that's also the pattern that we see in the book of Acts as well. So thanks so much for the question. Appreciate those text questions that are coming in as well. Uh, we have Kimberly calling here from Maryland. How are you doing, Kimberly? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Um, so my question is is about the 666 number. Sure. Actually, is written as six three underscore six. So when you look that up, three underscore, you're supposed to times that by ten in the Bible, and that comes to sixty. So it's actually six sixty six. And it's actually written again, once again, of course, you know, it's written in the Bible that whenever you see the word underscore, you've got to times everything by 10. Okay, so, uh, yeah, let me just let me just address that part of it. The, um, the number six, as we know, numbers are important in Scripture. So the number six itself is the number of man. Uh, and, and that's, you know, even the fact that man was created on the sixth day. I'm not familiar with the underscore that you're talking about and multiplying that by 10. That's, I've never heard that before. But I will say when it comes to the mark of the beast, we read about that in Revelation chapter 13, uh, and and it's also referenced in other places um, that that mark, which which John speaks of there as six six six, it acts as a seal for the followers of the Antichrist, um, the false prophet, and 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 they're the ones, the ones that are following the Antichrist, the ones that are following the false prophet that are going to take this mark, uh, and it says literally on their hand or their forehead, um, and those those that mark is their. They're the evidence that they have subjected themselves and given themselves over to the authority of the Antichrist and the false prophet. So that's what we know. Um, what is the 666? We don't exactly know. Uh, even the meaning of 666 is certainly a, a mystery. Um, you know, people have speculated over the years that it was a date. So some people have thought it was June 6, 2006, right? Um, others have speculated that it's a person, not a date. Uh, and, and there are some Bible passages that could potentially support that. Uh, but we, here's what we do know. The number 666 will identify the Antichrist, whatever it is. Uh, and we've been trying to figure out for centuries what it is. And, and the answer is we don't conclusively know. Um, that is why I think in Revelation 13, 18, it says there that the number requires wisdom. And so when the Antichrist is revealed, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us he will be revealed at some point, it will be clear who he is and how the number 666 identifies with him. Uh, and that's what we know about 666. So again, I, we just want to we just want to stick to what the Bible says. There's always conjecture. There's always people that have thoughts on these things, but we just want to stick to the what the Bible says and there are some things that just aren't going to be clear. And one of the ways we know they're not clear is when great scholars and people for hundreds of years have been discussing these things trying to figure them out. And now of course we want to know is is the 666 a barcode and is that going to be something that's going to be part of the end times and 
again, we don't know, but we do know, what we can say we know is that it's identified with the Antichrist, and whoever takes the mark, uh, what, whatever the mark of the beast is going to be in their hand or on their forehead, um, that they're identifying themselves with the Antichrist. So they basically, at that point, given themselves over already to the Antichrist and to the false prophet. They've said no to Jesus at that point, and they're saying yes to another kingdom. So hope that helps answer your question a little bit, Kimberly. Thank you for calling. Appreciate the question. Appreciate your thoughts uh, regarding that. I think that that's a question we get a lot, a lot of prophecy questions. A lot of people want to know about the mark of the beast. So hope that was helpful for you. Uh, we have Eddie calling in from Amarillo. Hey, Eddie, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, I just want a prayer request. Um, I finally got the number written down right, and um, I listen to you guys almost every day. Uh, you're very inspirational. Um, I've been having some medical issues. They say it could be a UTI or uh, also a kidney failure. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm in constant pain. Mm. I actually had to leave a job, and uh, now I'm behind on, on my rent. So I'm just asking for, you know, prayer on, you know, guidance and uh, healing and, uh, you know, just uh, wisdom for me to move forward. And, you know, I just want God's God hand in this. Yeah, absolutely, Eddie. Hey, I just, first of all, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I, I pray that, especially someone like yourself that listens regularly, that this show is an encouragement to you. Um, and, and I just want to say we all— at some point in our lives, find ourselves in some kind of a difficult trial. And those trials can look different for different people. But um, your medical issues, um, leaving your job because of those medical issues, needing transportation, needing the doctors to kind of come to a conclusion of of what your illness is, um, you're not alone in that. And I just want you to hear that the Lord is with you. The Lord cares about you. Uh, you you talked to Dennis on the phone, uh, and Dennis himself has gone through some similar type uh, physical issues. And so I think he could relate to some of this. And I'm sure there's moments when people that are sick and don't have immediate answers or, or there's not a quick healing, it can be frustrating and it can feel overwhelming. But that that doesn't mean that God has left you or forsaken you. He's with you and he cares about your job. He cares about uh, how you're going to get a ride. He cares about the doctors coming up with the answers. He He's such a good God. And, and his word says we can take all the things that cat that that we we worry about and we can we can lay them on him in the greek language it says we can roll them off our shoulders onto his shoulders because his shoulders are broad enough to take the trials that we face and and so i can't say eddie exactly why you're in this situation but i do know god is with you in it and god will bring you through it and god will accomplish something in the midst of it that's the reason we walk through trials they're they're not uh to frustrate us. They're not to cause us to uh, leave our faith. If anything, they want, they're, they're, they're there because God wants to use them to strengthen our faith and to test and see, okay, where do we really trust him, but where are we struggling to trust him? And difficulties are the only way that God uh, allows our strength to be, uh, our, our faith to be strengthened. As faith doesn't get strengthened in the good days. Faith gets strengthened it's Eddie with the things that you're going through, the medical issues, the uh, financial issues. So uh, it would be an honor to pray for you, Eddie. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. So Lord, thank you for Eddie, Lord, calling us our brother from Texas here and just pray that uh, Holy Spirit, you would speak to him and minister to him your comfort, that you'd speak to him and minister to him your presence, Lord. Remind him what your word says. You are the God 
who provides. And I pray you take him to places in scripture that remind him of how you've provided in what might appear to be some of the most impossible situations when it, when it, the people of Israel were up against, Lord, they're the greatest of enemies, how you've provided for them, how you've protected them, how you've brought them through, Lord. You, you not only brought them through the Red Sea, but you, you kept them for 40 years in a desert. You provided manna from heaven. Lord, you provided uh, a coin in the fish's mouth for the disciples to be able to pay their taxes. Lord, you, you, you provided for the early church in so many ways. Paul talks about even the, the fact that uh, all believers had all things in common and were able to give of their own resources to support. So you have your ways of providing for our financial needs, uh, but you you have your great power also to, to provide for our physical needs, Lord. So I, I want to pray that you would you would strengthen Eddie, that you touch his physical frame, that you'd heal him, bring a healing, uh, even if that's through the doctors, Lord, coming to a conclusion, to an idea of what exactly it is that he's going through, what he's walking through, and giving giving him some medical wisdom and medical advice. And um, we're so thankful for our medicine. We're so thankful for doctors and the way that you use them. Um, but Lord, nothing compares to the presence of the Holy Spirit and the way that you minister to us. So I pray that you would draw near to Eddie in this season of his life, Lord, and let him know that you are with him. Again, you'll never forsake him. He's eternally kept in the palm of your hand. So I pray you'd strengthen him with that promise. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Eddie. Absolutely. And continue to let us know how we can be praying for you. Call in, text us, but we're happy to, to continue to pray for you and walk with you through this. Okay, I'll definitely put this number on my contact. God bless. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Eddie. God bless you too. All right, well, that's it for our show. It's gone by quickly as always, but appreciate all of you guys that listen to Calvary Live Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Uh, coming to you live from the Grace FM studios. My name is Josh. Privileged to have been with you guys today. I'll see you on Friday. Uh, Pastor Jeff will be back tomorrow. Pastor Ed on Wednesday. God bless. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.